0: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
1: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. <gasps> My fucking Fitbit is at that fucking porta potty that I didn't want to stop at. Welcome to Manic Rambling Spiral. I am Heather B. Armstrong.
0: And I am John R. Bray.
1: And we wanted to have recorded this while we were in each other's company. But I think We meant to. We were we were pretty sore (laughs) and exhausted and emotionally bankrupt.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's a good way to put it.
1: Oh, man. We are coming to you having both run the 2016 Chicago Marathon. How you doing, John?
0: You know, I'm okay. I don't think I was fully prepared for it, but I was probably more physically prepared for it than you were, having run it without any training. So how are you? I
1: did run. F- I did run four point five miles last, you know, the Wednesday before the race.
0: Ah, uh, okay. Well, that's pretty ad- adequate, I think, for the most part.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> well, h- how do you feel?
1: I well, that's the thing is that I'm prepared. I I knew what to expect, and so it's not nearly as bad as um, it could be. If I, if I didn't know what this feels like to run a marathon and what happens in the days afterward, then I would just be... I mean, I'm, I'm pretty emotionally like drained and tired and really, 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 really sore. <laughs> but it could be a lot worse. How about you?
0: Way to put a positive spin on it. Uh, I'm probably the same. I'm actually not physically sore or not as much as I thought I would be. Um, I ran this morning, actually. He did, uh, and that was okay. It was four miles, how which feels go? like absolutely nothing after having run.
1: Wait, how far a full was marathon. that? Okay, four, just four, four. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but I was totally not prepared for the mental aspect of running a marathon
1: at all. Was it the before? Was it the during the marathon? Was it after the marathon?
0: It was like, yes, yep, and yeah. So before before it was just anxiety. During was really bad at mile 15. Really bad at mile 15. It was good that we were not running it together at mile 15. <laughs> that was the mile from hell, and I considered every possible option for how I could get out of the race and out of the city and just vanish forever because it was awful but after that it was a lot better and then the aftermath i mean even days later processing it is pretty intense i think at least for me i mean i'm sure everyone responds differently to running these and i know that some people it's like a routine thing but it was my first marathon so it's it's a lot to process the whole weekend is a lot to process
1: it is a it's an intense experience from beginning to end from showing up into the city and, you know, people at, at a train station, you know, at, at the airport, everywhere people are walking around in running clothes. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, the runners are here. <laughs> the runners are here. The runners have descended upon the city. And for me, whenever I'm in that situation and I see all the runners in their clothes, I'm like, imposter. Yeah. <laughs> among you. There is an imposter among you. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's pretty accurate. Well, I felt that way. I mean, we went to the expo together on Saturday, which was its own insane beast. And that's totally yeah. how you feel. I feel like I somehow snuck in. Yeah. There were so many A people lot of there. People. I mean, it, it went well as well as... I can't say as well as expected. I I, it didn't go quite as well as I expected, the actual running of the marathon itself. But overall it went well. And I mean, despite it being incredibly intense and continuing to be a draining event, it was fucking incredible running it. Right.
1: It was. I mean So Ugh. Ugh. ugh.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I still don't I still honestly don't really know how to put it all into words. That's what's weird.
1: Yeah, it is a good thing that we weren't together at mile 15 because that's when I I actually ran the back half of the race faster than I ran the first half. And that's when I that's when things were great for me. Well, things were really good the whole race. <laughs> oh no, my god, because I've never taken it so slowly uh, and I just wasn't I don't know. I mean, it's it's weird that I decided to run a marathon having not trained for it. Um, but someone on the team offered she she's a she was like, you know, I'm going to be sort of toward the back and we can run walk whatever you want to do and so we took the first you know, I've never run a half marathon that slowly ever. And so it was a very leisurely, like, enjoyable, you know, I was not out of breath ever. I wasn't in pain at all.
0: It was almost then, a walking tour for the first. Yeah, like I a, mean, not that slow, mm-hmm. but close.
1: It was It was yeah, like a walking tour of Chicago and on a beautiful day. I mean, it was a great, gorgeous day, right? It was amazing, yeah. It could, like, the conditions couldn't have been better. And uh, the energy out there was just... Phenomenal, and um, I, I was high fiving people the whole way, and smiling, and dancing, and singing along to music, and and then at mile about mile sixteen, um, she started to walk, and I that's when, and I think that you and I talked about this. There's a point when you're running, when you start to walk, where it's, it hurts more to walk than to run.
0: Oh yeah. You can you can walk in small pieces like through a water station. But mm-hmm. if you walk for any distance the the reality of what you're doing starts to set in to your legs and it mm-hmm. makes you want to stop moving. Yes. So you it's it's easier it's at a certain point where it's easier to run or less painful to run.
1: Yes. And that's where at about mile 16 I turned to um her name was Melissa And she was in a lot of pain and she's like, I really, really have to walk this. And the walking to me was just, it was at that point, the walking was, um, it feels like almost an electric shock in your legs. Like every step is an electric shock. And I I, I was like, I have to, and I looked at the time and I I was like, I really, I really wanted this to be be over and not be out here for seven hours. And um, so I, he said I said, Are you okay if I if I take off? And she was like, Absolutely, absolutely, you know, she was really generous about it. So that was when I put my headphones in and I started running at mile sixteen and never stopped. I mean, I stopped at the water stations, but that's when I actually turned it up. And um every time I would walk through the water stations though, like it was like, Oh, 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 this is why I'm running. And uh, yeah. yeah. It's bad. Yeah. And that's why,
0: like, mile 15 was so awful because, I mean, basically, I've never done it before. So I wasn't really entirely sure what to expect from myself. I mean, the training is really helpful, but it only goes so far. And even in hindsight, I realized that I probably should have trained differently than I did. So right at mile 15, I realized I had stopped sweating. My mouth was dry. My joints were stiff. I was super dehydrated. And the most frustrating part was thinking oh my God, if I have to walk this, how long am I going to have to be out here? I, I don't want to be out here <laughs> anymore at all. I mean, it's, it's like the worst feeling. You immediately well, start so to calculate. You're like, okay, 15 to 26.2. It's like 11 miles. If I walk it, how long is that going to take me? Oh God, I can't do that. I have to run even if it hurts. See,
1: you People should know that you don't run with food, right? I've you never, have never run, run with, with v-
0: food. I've also never run with water.
1: Okay, so which is insane. This, this is interesting to point out. So there's a guy that on the uh, Every Mother Counts team who ran it in three hours and nine minutes, Adrian, God. and yeah. uh and I
0: like it was like it was nothing. We like all point out nothing. that it's amazing, and he's like, "What? No, that's yeah, that's pretty good."
1: He's like, "Yeah, that's pretty good." And and I asked him in front of you so that you would know that it's not abnormal. Like he had had. In that three hours, he had had like three and a half goos um, and stopped yes. several times for water and Gatorade and a couple of chews, I believe. So he had eaten a lot of food in that three hours. And it's sort of, it's it's part of the, what you learn as you run more of these is that, okay, You even if you aren't hungry, you sort of fuel up before you ever get to a point of dehydration or you know, hitting that 15 mile mark and wanting to absolutely die.
0: Yeah. And honestly, I mean, your reaction and his reaction to me not eating or drinking in training was the same. And it was like a wide eyed, why not, essentially. And I think I had honestly just assumed that at a certain point, running long distances just sucks. And maybe for me, that points at 15 miles, and I just have to deal with it. (laughs) that was how i just i'm like yeah it's just gonna blow and that's how this that's how this is gonna work but apparently not i mean i think you both said like every four to five miles just eat something Mm -hmm. even if you don't want to i think it was adrian who even said it feels to him that he gets a boost that not only it keeps him going but it he feels like it gives him something extra
1: yes yes i I experienced that and this time i didn't have to eat nearly as much as I did during the Boston because I wasn't pushing myself very hard. But towards the end, when I was running all of those, when I was actually running much faster than I was before, like I was popping something every 10 minutes. But there is something very psychological about being inside of a marathon. And for me anyway, this this one was very different, again, because I took it so slowly. It was like... It was, well,
0: only half of it. You took half of it at a reasonable yeah. pace, I mean.
1: But, like, there's, there's um, like, especially, like, in Boston, and those first few miles are like, oh, my gosh, I'm only four miles in, or I'm only six miles in. And then you kind of cross, like, you go into the double digits, like, 10 or an 11, and you're like, oh, I'm in the double digits now. And then you get to, like, 15 and 16, and you're like but I'm only at 15 and 16 and there's 10 more to go. And so that's when you, you go through these cycles in your brain. And, um, and 26.2, even though you only trained to 20, that's a, that's a long, it's, it's much a further distance than 20 miles.
0: It's much for, and 20 in training was far. I mean, I yes. remember texting you when I had finished that one and you responded and you're like, Oh God, isn't that the farthest ever? And then you add 6.2 onto that. <laughs> and I never fully comprehended when people would say, "Yeah, that last point two, is miserable." It, and is, it the is so longest,
1: bad. It's the longest point two. It really is.
0: And the final turn in Grant Park, you've got what like four hundred or two hundred meters to the finish line, and you just want to die.
1: And it goes because you can see
0: it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, the first ten were honestly okay, and I think it was because. I've never done it. So running through the crowds of people, running with people, I've always run alone. I've never run with anyone. So the whole experience like the first 10 was kind of this just taking it all in. And then after that you realize that it can go very downhill.
1: So you didn't write we, we didn't write your name on your on your um singlet, did we?
0: No, but everyone cheered for every mother counts.
1: Yes. So
0: I mean, like that's what people would shout out, or some mm -hmm. version of it. Some people knew it, knew the organization, and would and would cheer for it.
1: Yeah, there were a lot of us. I think there were forty of us out there. Yes, along the along the way. But uh, Melissa, who I ran with, had written her name on her singlet, and I wish I had this time. Um. Because I was in such a great place that it didn't, it wouldn't bother me. Someone screaming out my name—it was actually pleasant. Because people would go, "Go, Melissa and friend," <laughs> right? <laughs> and so I would turn, I would turn around and go, "I'm Heather." <laughs> but yeah,
0: I didn't even consider doing that. I mean, it had never even crossed my mind. And then as I'm out there running and hearing names, I'm like, ah, oh, damn it!
1: I should have reminded you. But I was in a sort of a panic anxiety mode when I had made that final decision that I was going to run it. And I did tell you, I was like, I'm going to throw up. What, what, what am I doing? What am I thinking? What am I thinking? And the panic took over my brain and I couldn't, I couldn't see straight.
0: Yeah, it was kind of a last minute decision, you know, sort of mm-hmm. like less than 24 hours before. Yeah. I think from when you decided you were going to run officially to when you actually finished the race was less than twenty four hours.
1: It was less than twenty-four hours. Yeah. But we have so there's a few things that in my favor. One, I've I've done it before. Two, um, I went from an altitude of like fifty two hundred feet to zero. Which uh, makes a huge I didn't difference. even think about that, yeah. Huge difference. Three, I and I'm gonna tell the Fitbit story because it deserves to be told. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't I
0: haven't heard this one yet, yeah.
1: So in the last in the last month and a half, stop laughing at me. No, this is the thing is that people can like write it off and, and they can like dismiss it, but this is like a serious part of my mental health. Like I have a serious issue. I'm not um, writing it
0: off, but just how it's just a funny how it happened is funny. <laughs> I totally understand why it's a big deal, but it's I mean, come on.
1: So what I've my job, the current job that I am working is, it's very anxiety inducing. And I mean, my boss talks about, I, I haven't told you this, John, but my boss talks about how he's ha- developed several several ulcers over his time with the organization. <clears throat> so I'm beginning to understand why my anxiety level is where it's at. So what I've been that should doing, be a red flag.
0: We can get yeah. into that later, but I mean, you know, that's probably not cool.
1: So to to combat my anxiety, um, I have been getting up and walking for like five to ten minutes every hour. Um, my fit my my Apple Watch like kind of prompts me to stand up once an hour, and so what I do is I I walk in my house for like ten minutes, and that ten minutes it it actually has really improved the clarity of my thinking because i can i as i'm walking i am thinking through what i'm going to respond in an email and how i'm going to approach a certain thing so like i've been walking between 15 and 20,000 steps a day for a month and a half like and it's about like 120,000 130,000 steps a week so so i was prepared that way i like i'm i was like okay well like a normal day for me is, between, is like 17,000 steps. A marathon is about 50. <laughs> so double, kind of double and a half that, right? Not a big deal. But the Fitbit is like, it's, my, it's, my, it's like a huge part of my life. You know, I've had this Fitbit for over three years on my body for three years, for three years. Like there hasn't been a day that I've gone without it. <laughs> I'm not well, it's kidding. an incredible
0: data set. I mean, it is to it have It is.
1: That. And um so I this stupid update on the phone, we can get back into that. The update on the phone is making my the battery on my phone just completely die um so fast.
0: And I can say I witnessed the percentage going down in mm-hmm. five minutes. I mean, it went from twenty to sixteen in five minutes.
1: Yeah, it just and it's like, not an it, old phone. No, and and I'm doing every, I've 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 checked all the settings. There's nothing refreshing in the background. Like something's going on. So I even put it into low battery mode. But you let me borrow your battery charger, so I'm so. <laughs> So I have this little flip belt that I wear when I run, and I've got four goos stuck in there, my phone, a pair of headphones, a cord to connect to the phone charger in case my phone gets depleted, and then, like, three credit cards and my ID and cash. (laughs) You were so
0: well-equipped. Compared to me, I was, like, I had no idea what was going on.
1: I, you know, I look like I was smuggling drugs like around my waist. It was just this gigantic thing that I was, was going on because I just didn't prepare. I just wasn't prepared. And my Fitbit, I wear right on the, um, it, it's one of the original Fitbits. It's called the one. And I wear it right on the um, top of my pants. And so the woman that I'm running with, she wanted to use the bathroom before the race even started. And disappeared for a while before the race started, and then um, we got running. And mile one, the the lines for the porta potties. I don't know if you noticed this or were even paying attention, but the lines for the porta potties between mile one and mile six were. I mean, like very, 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 very. A lot of people had to go pee, or poo. Who knows? Early they on, gotten, too, the
0: lines later were not long at all.
1: No. No, um, they there's various names for what you call them, but I call them the running shits. Is what you get at, as <laughs> like you know, halfway through, it's when you got you got to take a massive shit. It's just you're jostling everything around, you're oh, yeah. throwing back all this crappy sugar into your body, and your body's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna process this quickly. So she, she wanted to go to the bathroom though, like mile two, so we get to mile five we are five miles in and she's like i have to go to the bathroom and i'm like okay that's fine whatever you know i'm not i'm not here to beat a time we go to get in line and i swear to god we stayed in that line for probably 15 minutes 15 minutes and i'm like okay well if i'm gonna wait and i'm gonna stand here i might as well go in and pee
0: <laughs> well you did wait 15 minutes so i did yeah, i mean
1: i did and i was being very very careful to make sure that like my phone and the the battery pack and all that stuff is not going to fall so i go to the bathroom and i hear something fall and i don't know what it is like i hear something like drop to the bottom of the porta potty and i'm like oh my god where's my phone and i found my phone and then i reached around to make sure it's not your battery pack oh jeez because i was like oh god i don't i don't want to disappoint john oh it
0: would have been, <laughs> been fine
1: no, so I get out, I find Melissa, and we start running again. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, what is it that dropped? What is it? What is it? And then it, it just, it hit me. It hit me so hard. Like, like it hit me like a brick to the face. And I'm like, my fucking Fitbit is at that fucking porta potty.
0: That you actually didn't want to stop at.
1: That I didn't want to stop at. And I am now at about 5.5 miles in. I have to turn. No, What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And I actually considered running back (laughs) to get my Fitbit. But how would you have fished it? I mean. I don't know. But honestly, (laughs) it was the emotional surge of the bad emotional surge. Like none of these steps... Are going to count against my mom. That was all that went through my brain. None of these steps, the the the, the next forty thousand steps are gone, gone. And um, I was like, okay, just come to terms with it, Heather. Come to terms with it. Come to terms with it. And so it took me about probably between so that was about mile five and a half. It probably took until mile ten for me to stop thinking about it.
0: Well. I would, I would like to argue that point because when I met you after the race, I think our conversation went something like, congratulations, you ran a marathon. I lost my fucking Fitbit.
1: <laughs> so
0: I think it took a little bit longer than that, maybe.
1: Well, I, well, I did. It kept coming back to me <laughs> like every half mile. I don't have my fucking <laughs> Fitbit on my body. My, this is something that has been on my body for three years no, I totally get
0: it. I totally get it. But just the fact that it dropped in a porta potty and you considered fishing it out.
1: Oh, I didn't know. Oh man, I, I was know. Just devastated. It's, yes. I was devastated. I was so mad. Oh.
0: And fully over it now.
1: Oh, I already ordered another Fitbit and it's on my body. <laughs>
0: you gotta make those up, you know.
1: 50,000 steps that didn't get counted Yep, We'll make them mm-hmm. up
0: during during our next marathon.
1: During our next marathon. Okay, yeah. so there's, there's that part of it for you, which you said oh, you would never do this again. And then it was over and you were like, I have to beat that time. I have to beat that time.
0: I felt that way within 15 minutes. For really? one, I was really mad at my, well, okay, I can't say 15 minutes. I felt that way after I left Grant Park, which probably took... God, I don't even know. Forty-five minutes to get through everything.
1: Okay, let's talk but about that at mile first. fifteen. Okay, I was
0: one hundred percent confident
1: that you were never going to do it again at mile fifteen. Oh yeah,
0: that—that's yeah. Well, I mean, I—I I told myself I would never do it again sometime in the training around the sixteen-mile run. Like, I and and I think, but like looking back, I'm understanding why I felt this way because it's right at that 15, 16 mile point where I would hit my wall because it wasn't eating. So I'm like this, I'm not built for this, this blows, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to run the marathon. And at mile 15, I hated everything. Absolutely everything. Never going to do it again, ever. There's no chance in hell. And I kind of maintained that attitude all the way through the finish line. Like I'm going to do it once and it's going to be great. And then as I'm walking, you know, they make you walk. miles to get to the party and it's the last thing you want to do is walk at all and there's really no option you can't sit i got yelled at for trying to sit tried to sit one time i was that's a different story entirely but then i finally get out of grant park and you feel a little bit better like your head is clear you're not completely exhausted from just having crossed the finish line i'm like i i could probably do that again and i would really (laughs) like to run it faster it just hit me not as a, not as a maybe, but like, yeah, I would, I would do that. And I think part of it is just that I know, I know what to expect now, even if I hit a wall at 15 miles again, it won't surprise me like it did in Chicago.
1: Right. That's, that, I mean, that's how I ran this. I mean, I ran a marathon and I, and the thing is I knew, I knew what to expect. I knew, okay, this is going to be really, really painful at, You know, mile 17, mile 18, my feet are going to start to hurt. And that's when I started, you go into a zone in your brain. I'm going to call it, I'm going to call it a marathon muscle memory because I knew which part of my brain to go into to stop thinking about it. Oh, and there was that part. I was in brand new shoes.
0: (laughs) so many good decisions made in a short period of time.
1: I did not pack thinking that I was going to go run a marathon. So I had these brand new, they're kind of running shoes, but um, they're brand new shoes. You ran shoes. in them, so. I ran in them. And at mile 21, I, oh, my feet were just screaming. Like what, oh, they were hurting so bad. Every single part of my foot was hurting. And it was just like. Oh, just ignore it. It's going to be fine. We've been through this before. We've been through this. Like, I knew exactly where to go in my brain.
0: Well, and I remember, you know, when we got back and we were going to meet the rest of the team, I said, well, before we meet the team, do you need to go up and change your shoes? You're like, nope, I'm not taking them off. I will not be able to put them back on.
1: <laughs> I didn't want to see what the carnage.
0: <laughs> Which was actually pretty minimal for you.
1: It was pretty minimal.
0: Like one toe, and- a little bit of bleeding.
1: It's, one toe a little bleeding, there's a little bli a blister on the other one. I didn't lose any toenails oddly see see, see and this is this is the thing about it, and I know that there are are people out there who are like, "You should never have done that because you said that running the Boston was so bad for your health, and i I'm sure that I'm about to open an email that says. You are the most unfit mother. How could you possibly dare put your mental health at stake again for your children, knowing what happened in Boston? And yeah.
0: that's totally anyway, old news at this point, though.
1: Yes. Well, it was the training that did me in, it was the constant, never ending five months of unrelenting running. Those five months put me in the hole. One day, hmm, not bad. <laughs>
0: I, and I don't know if I've said this on an episode, but I know that I've told you this because I watched you go through all the training for, or at least from a distance for Boston. And I totally respected it. And I knew that it was hard. Like I never, never brushed it off. I didn't have a fucking clue how hard that actually was. It is non-stop for 18 weeks, four days a week. You have no, I, I mean, at least with the way that our lives are set up, there's no There's no break. You don't get to come home from running 16 miles and then just chill. Right. You come home and life starts
1: immediately. Life starts immediately and you have to be there emotionally and physically for your kids. It's yes. because you're the only one there. Exactly. And so it's
0: week after week after week of this just complete physical and mental annihilation of running and then the mental annihilation of having to In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I think I told you on Saturday before the marathon that I had kind of wished that someone would just randomly wake me up one day and say, time to run the marathon. Because then you don't have all of that, that mental component to wrestle with. It's a surprise, which is sort of what you did to yourself.
1: <laughs> I was just about to say that. Guess I mean, what? Like, happened?
0: <laughs> that's what you did. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go support but I and I, I I don't know how you could have not run it almost, because being there with the energy of the people.
1: It was I, I don't know.
0: You it's you kind of get sucked in.
1: You do. And I would like to run Chicago again and Maybe, because Chicago would be a perfect course to set a personal record. Um, I mean, they, they talk about how flat it is, and my God, it is so flat.
0: It's super yeah. flat.
1: Super flat. I believe that Christy Turlington uh, set her personal record.
0: Oh, uh, was it? Okay, I knew she did really well. I didn't know it was her yeah, personal record. Yeah, I
1: think she beat it by a minute. Um, her previous personal record was in London, and I think she this time she beat it by a minute. But I, I could see what, like... But the thing is, is, I would have to train, and tr- it's the training that is so awful for me. I was actually yesterday on a podcast, um, hosted by ACAST as well, called Another Mother Runner. And uh, we talked about all of this, and they were fascinated by the idea that training for a marathon would be um, detrimental to one's mental health. And I was trying to explain it to him, like... I, th- I think the component that – I think the component is that you and I are trying to juggle the full-time job with the training schedule with the being unable to turn to someone and say, can you please take care of the kids for the next six hours because I've got to go collapse and do nothing. It's never getting that six hours of recouping and resetting.
0: And I think it's even – you almost lose the therapeutic effect of the running itself because you know that that's at the end.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know that when you get home, there isn't that. So normally, you know, when I would go out and run, just casually go out and run four miles, it's kind of great because there wasn't any pressure. I found the time to do it. You enjoy it. But when it's this grueling pace, I think it's because everyone views running as a, like a therapeutic activity good for your mental health and it is but it's when you when you put rules around it and like yeah. a very rigid schedule it changes that even even being in chicago i've always run alone you know and being in chicago and having you know being able to turn to you after the marathon and talk about it and kind of come down from it yes that alone was tremendous because you have time to process but in the training time to you don't process
1: right and 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 the the rigidness around marathon training is so i mean every coach tells you you have to get the long run in like you can sort of fudge the the runs during the week and if it requires that you do 7 and you only do 5 you're okay but if it requires that you do 15 on the weekend you have to do a 15 mile run like you got you got to do it that's what they say about marathon training so it's like You know, if you've got a major deadline, if your kid is sick, if any of that is going on and you have to do 15 miles, it's like, (laughs) it's a lot of pressure and it's a lot of stress and it's a lot of anxiety. And that is, it's such an emotional and mental um, drain Which is the only way that I can explain that there were points during Chicago when I was skipping and I was dancing with people along the side of the... Like at mile 17, I even stopped and danced with this guy in front of a church. I was happy at mile 17. Like, what the fuck? What (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) I don't know. It's like everybody should just wake up and run a marathon. Just do it.
0: (laughs) But it depends on... The attitude. I think it goes back to the pressure. You didn't have that building pressure. Yeah. And that's you can't understand that until you've done it. I mean, I can honestly say that because I watched your training, and I got it, but I didn't. I didn't get it. Experiencing it and putting yourself through it is totally different.
1: Totally different.
0: But I mean, despite hitting walls, I guess what like the after of something like that is pretty tremendous regardless. I mean, when you finish it, like looking back and saying, well, it was 18 weeks of training and then, you know, 26.2 miles, there were aspects of it that were hell, but those, that doesn't diminish the feeling after it's over.
1: No, the feeling after it was over actually came back home and was uh, chatting with some of the people that I work with. And, um, someone was like, wait a minute. So I told them that I had my feet propped up or my legs propped up because I swell like crazy after marathons and my toes were like sausages and, um, like just, I now understand like, that's just what my body does. It's how my body reacts. And, um, someone was like, explain to me why people run marathons again. And I said, well, there is like this seven-hour-long adrenaline rush afterward, that's totally legal, but it feels kind of illegal. Like it feels kind of like you're you should be arrested for what you've uh, what you're feeling. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean it. It that's a really great way to put it, actually. Yeah,
1: and uh, it's like you, it it is an adrenaline an adrenaline uh, an adrenaline rush and a high that is like. I just did that and I get to talk about it to people and I get to, and it, it, yeah, and being there with you and being able to process it all and like, you know, did you see this part and how did you feel at this mile? And it was, it was just a, such a tremendous, tremendous experience. And I believe it was in the last episode when we talked about experiences. And yes. this was exactly, I mean, I didn't really. I mean, I, I paid. I paid for the flight out there, and I paid, you know, the registration fee to get into the, um, to get into the to the marathon. And I'm I was supposed to have raised a lot of money, and the fact that I didn't, I now have to make up myself. But totally worth every penny. Totally 100%. worth every penny.
0: Yeah. And it is that. I mean. Yeah, it was like a seven-hour, seven to eight-hour high, and then you crashed so fucking hard. like you don't even remember actually crashing or I don't. I mean, you just kind of, you go from this amazing high that you can't even fully understand to like being asleep and not, not knowing how you got there.
1: Oh yeah. The next morning I was like, I think I can feel pain at a cellular level. Like, I think I can feel the cells hurting. <laughs>
0: yeah. Like, you the open problem. your eyes and you haven't moved quite yet. Like, yeah. this, is, this is bad. There's, yeah. there's definitely going to be some badness here. Yeah. But, yeah, processing it. I mean, to be able to finish running that and instead of saying, okay, now I have to work or I have to go grocery shopping or I have to do any of these things and to say, let's get a drink and talk about how awesome it was or how not awesome it was, mm-hmm. it's huge. Huge. I mean, it does so much it, that that made me realize what the training was missing.
1: Yeah, it's probably why I'm sure that a lot of people train with friends or with teams because they can go do that.
0: If they have the they time,
1: have the opportunity to train with friends and teams. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, I could have I, I could have run with someone, I guess. I'm sure there's someone I could have found to run with, but that would still not change the before and after. You know?
1: No. And you trained outside the whole time too in really horrible conditions. I oh mean, I told you, I told you straight up, if it had been raining that day, I would not have done it. No way. Uh uh-uh. uh. I don't run in the rain. Nope.
0: <laughs> I did two, two of the four longest runs in the rain for at least half of the run. And the yeah. other two were, you know, 80 degrees and 85% humidity. So to be in Chicago and have it be, 55 degrees and no humidity and no rain and just a slight breeze was
1: amazing conditions were perfect oh yeah. god
0: i would have run it if it was in the rain that would have felt actually pretty normal but it sucks to run in the rain especially that long
1: Uh, uh-uh. nope wouldn't do it wouldn't do it your feet I, get all I... wrinkly
0: they're like wrinkly Mm-mm. and sore, and no, not uh, fun.
1: It's not, it's not, it's not rewarding enough. I think running, in particular, <laughs> for me to, to do that to myself, nope.
0: But again, though, but that's that's the training. Like I can't say, well, it's raining, and today's my long run, I'll just skip it. You don't do that. So you just run through that absolute hell, mm-hmm. and then get home, and then go grocery shopping, and then work, or whatever.
1: You know, I I knew coming back into I call it the reentry whenever I come home. From traveling, and of course, a reentry from a marathon is even worse. So, I got home the first night, and my kids were there. And getting them to bed wasn't bad, you know. They, you know, I I read stories with Marlo, and you know, helped Lita with her hair and whatnot. The next day, when I realized that there was no food in the house, and um, I had a deadline that I had to meet, and I was like, "Oh God, I have to go to the grocery store." Oh God, oh god, oh god, oh god, oh god, oh god. I have to get in my car and I have to draw I have to put my feet on the pedals in the car. Okay, it's gonna be all right in a few days. In a few days this is gonna be fine. In a few days it's gonna be okay. But I have to go walk the aisles of a grocery store. It was like the last thing I wanted to do after doing that. That
0: was exactly my return as well. No food, Mm -hmm. and I had no desire to get. I mean, it was like Lexton was off on Monday for Columbus Day and Tuesday. I mean, we like nothing for breakfast, no milk, so we couldn't have cereal. And that was, I didn't want to do, I just didn't want to feed him. I don't want to get food. I don't want to, I don't want to do this. (laughs) I don't want to feed you right now. You don't understand. You did, you described it as a brick to the face, and it is, yes, that Mm -hmm. is incredibly accurate.
1: Brick to the face.
0: And I, I think I'm still feeling it. Pretty sure.
1: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And there's some theories out there that say that it takes your body a full 20, you know, a full 26 days, however many miles you ran. It takes that long for your body to fully recover.
0: Really? Uh, One day per mile?
1: I think. there's, You know, I mean, it's, I mean, uh, I don't know. You have those people who run ultras, and then the next day they're totally fine. You know, they run 100 miles, and they're great. I think it really depends on the body and how, I don't know.
0: So much of it, I think, depends on the person. I do think there are uh, yeah. people, and this is running is just what they were made for. Like, really, that's just in them. Mm-hmm. There's other people that can overcome whatever obstacles there are and still run, but some people, that's, that is who they are. Their bodies I am were not built those to
1: do marathons in three hours, you know.
0: Casually. Casually. And then look perfectly fine.
1: You know, I did, um, they give you those bags at the expo that have all this stuff inside of them, goos and coupons, and at the very end of the race, they hand you this giant tinfoil wrap to put around your body to keep the heat in, um, and I didn't need that because I actually ran with a coat. They, Every Mother Counts gave us a jacket. Did you get a jacket, by the way?
0: I, I didn't get it yet. We you had never met I'm up, it's it coming. Yeah. Okay,
1: yeah, so yeah. they gave us these really lightweight jackets that I ran with the entire time because I'm not going to admit this publicly except that I am going to admit it publicly. Uh, I didn't have any sunscreen on because I didn't prepare for this at all.
0: Well, and I also, I think I told you that it wasn't going to be a big deal because in reality, at this time of year... In Chicago, there's no, there's no sun. Well, hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah, there was I a mean, lot of sun at the sun. end of the race.
0: <laughs> okay, the last part was pretty sunny. I'll give you that.
1: Yeah, the last part was really, really sunny. Yeah, someone actually said to me, it "Looks like you're gonna blister on my face." Really? Yeah. It didn't look. But,
0: I mean, you you definitely you got some color.
1: Yeah, I got some color, but. Um, I ran in this lightweight jacket the whole way. So I didn't need the tinfoil thing that they hand you at the end, but I took it anyway, and I haven't even shown it to Marlo yet, but I wanna I wanna like show it to my kids, because my kids aren't really into this thing. Like they're more in they're more into cerebral activity than they are into any of the physical. Although Lita is really getting into dance, but like, I really wanted the metal to show Marlowe and the tinfoil thing to show Marlowe. Because I'm wondering if maybe Marlowe will be more into something like running or, I don't know. That's I was thinking a lot about that as I was running this time. Like, this would be a fun thing to do with my kid, like a, a, a short race.
0: Yeah. Well, even Adrian was talking about that. I mean, his son is was older at the time, like 20, but they ran a race together.
1: They ran the Berlin together. Yeah.
0: And that yeah. that experience sounds... Awesome, and I think I know I've mentioned before that that Lexton has run with me, but I think something like this is almost. It's, I think it's impossible for a kid to fully appreciate if they're, especially if they're not an athletic kid, because it's kind of a hard distance to describe, like twenty six point two miles. And if you describe it in terms of well, that's driving from here to here, it really doesn't seem that bad. Right. So I mean, even when I came home, like Lexton thought it was really cool. And he, you know, he told me good job, but it's, I, I know that he doesn't fully get, you know, what it means to run that far or spend that much time running. It's it just, I mean, I think it's good to try, but I don't think that that it will be processed fully.
1: No. So today or tonight's piano. So tomorrow, maybe I'll break out the tinfoil <laughs> and let Marlo play with that. Hopefully she's old enough that it won't, she can't suffocate with the tinfoil. <laughs> You're
0: not going to have her sleep with it?
1: I thought. I thought for a second. I thought, is she going to make a tent out of this? Because that'd be dangerous. That's a suffocating hazard, she is right there. Totally
0: old enough to not suffocate on that.
1: <laughs> I'm a mom. These are things that we have to think about.
0: <laughs> I didn't even get one of those. There were like lines of people getting them, and I just at that point. No. I did wait in the line for beer, though, so I guess it was really
1: less the line than just— Listen, I love a good shot of tequila. Actually, somebody was—they were they, they they said they were handing out shots of tequila at, at around mile 14, and I took one, and it was water, and I was yeah. mad.
0: Yeah, you totally grabbed the wrong thing.
1: But I had a swig of that beer at the end, and I— ugh, ugh, No. No way. It was like the last thing that I wanted in my body. No way. I,
0: I drank it as a sign of defiance. I don't know to what, but I was just, I sat under a tree. I'm like, I'm going to drink this fucking beer.
1: Did you drink the whole thing?
0: No, I wanted to. I only made it halfway. I felt so miserable. <laughs> but I couldn't not, like, I just, I forced myself to do it. And I, and I took a jello shot on mile 25.
1: Fantastic.
0: Made with vodka and love. It was blue. <laughs> I remember running by. Why the hell not? At this point, why the hell not? It was an amazing Jello shot. Definitely yeah. more vodka than love. I will tell you that.
1: Did you feel it as you were running?
0: No, but I—I I mean, I've had Jello shots before, and it was—that was a lot of vodka. <laughs> that was—that was really just a blue gelatinous shot of
1: vodka. Gelatinous. Gelatinous. Yes, I don't even gelatinous. like Jello.
0: I hate Jello.
1: Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, but at that point in that point in the race, you start making decisions that you you might not have made before. Yeah. You know.
0: Oh yeah. Everyone around me was the like jello shots. Yep. The tray was empty. I mean, in two minutes.
1: Yeah. When I started running at mile sixteen, that's when everybody had started walking. So I was the only person really running <laughs> from that point on. Everybody else was like Leisurely, just walking around and I was just like darting through like I'm gonna finish this race in under seven hours (laughs) but yeah
0: but I mean having the crowds there it's like it's really helpful to have all the cheering to a certain point so helpful but then you also get you know to mile 15 or 16 and there's people saying only 10 left like fuck fuck you that's like like, please don't say that that is so far that or the people who would say you've only got you know 5 left, but they'd be, you know, half a mile before that point actually. Yes. So oh you're not really God. paying attention to the numbers, but you're like, yeah, hell yeah, I'm already at 21 and then you realize later that you weren't. And that, that person was,
1: was standing at the ro- Do they have any clue what they just did to my to me? They don't.
0: No. And I oh, I hated that. That was the worst. And I know they were trying. I get it. And honestly, the crowds were incredible. We actually had someone who listens to this podcast Becky, I believe, who was right around mile six, who cheered me oh, yeah. on. And it was amazing to be running I mean, and hear, I love your podcast. I almost tripped because you <laughs> don't you don't expect it. But, I mean, it was just that energy is incredible.
1: There was a woman at mile, I think, between mile 17 and 18. And she had made a sign that said, go, Heather. And I had my earphones in and I was listening to my running list because I was chugging along and um she's like go heather go heather and i'm like wait a minute i hear my name wait a minute what's going on and she's like i came out here for you and it was just the hugest surge of of um like thank, like i i need to thank her i needed to remember her name i was so discombobulated when it happened though and i was like thank you so much this means the world to me like this is it's this gives me so much inspiration to keep going like thank you so much thank you Thank you.
0: It really does. I mean, people, even people you don't know, even people that don't know you, it it really pushes you on more than I thought it would, I guess.
1: Yes. And I was, because I was taking it so slowly, um, I was Instagram storying parts of it. <laughs> yes, you were. And, uh, like I, um... A couple of miles, there's a hashtag that we use when we run for every mother counts called every mile, every mother. And then, so at a couple of the mile markers, I was like, every mile, every mother, woo! You know, because I could stop and, you know, I wasn't worried about time. And um, <clears throat> so I, I had uh, anybody that I follow on Twitter, whenever they tweet at me, it comes to my watch. And I somebody tweeted at mile, like, 20 three i think like watching deuce instagram story the chicago marathon is the most fun i've had all day and i was like oh i'm turning it up (laughs) (laughs) and it was like i was like i'm gonna do this and so i like i stopped everywhere and was doing everything and showing like 40 fucking k y'all 40 fucking k and uh but yeah it was i don't know i this is one of the most amazing running experiences that I've ever had. And I did not go into Chicago thinking that I was going to do it. And I'm so glad I did. I'm so glad I did.
0: I knew you would regret it if you didn't. Yeah. And you looked great after running 26.2 miles without having trained while in new shoes.
1: <laughs> We're all I mean, shoes. all things
0: considered, it was that was, that was incredible.
1: I think it was good, and congratulations to you. This is your first, and you did a killer time. And I mean, and you looked phenomenal. You were able to shower, and rest, and charge your phone all before I even finished the fucking race.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, in fairness, I think you you finished, but by the time you were out, it gave me enough time to do that. It takes a long time to get out of Grand Park.
1: Yeah, it does. There's
0: no easy way to get through there, but yes. It was a, it was it. a great first for both of us, I think,
1: mm-hmm. and we good. did do
0: it. Hell yeah, we did.
1: We did, for the moms, for the moms, a for the moms. A good organization health. and
0: the biggest turnout they've had for Chicago, I think.
1: Oh yeah, there's. We did get to meet the race director.
0: <laughs> we did. That's true. <laughs> that was unexpected.
1: Yes, unexpected. That was phenomenal. So, and Meb anybody who's a runner will know we during the shakeout run on saturday morning that you were not there for meb ran by us which was funny because when i was in boston during my shakeout run there he ran past us as well i i can't pronounce his last name correctly ever so i'm not gonna botch it or try to bot or try to even do it but meb meb ran past us it was great did you wave um, one of one of one of the guys on the team was like, "I'm gonna run after him," and I'm like, "Dude!" He's like, "I would never be able to catch up." But uh, yeah, it's good.
0: Yeah, so lots of incredible things, in, in well, two days for me, three for you. But
1: mm-hmm. now back to reality. Back to reality. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah,
0: yeah. I would take I would take the lack of reality back for a little bit. Definitely.
1: Yeah. hmm There was a point in the race at about mile eight when Melissa, the woman I was running with, turned to me, and she said, what would you normally be doing on a Sunday afternoon? And I said, I would be panicking.
0: <laughs> stressing out about Monday afternoon.
1: I would be panicking about the deadlines. And I'm not feeling that right now. So this is really fucking awesome. Yay, fucking marathon. <laughs> All yep. you have
0: to do is run a marathon to avoid stress at work.
1: It yep. was awesome. Pretty easy. Mm-hmm.
0: And there were lots of people as well who, I mean, your Instagram stories and on Twitter and on my Twitter and kind of across the board who were either cheering us on or congratulating us after it was done. And that was awesome. really 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 awesome so thank you everyone who did that
1: thanks to everyone and thanks for all the support and um, the cheering and one of my friends said in one of the Instagram photos no one ever regretted running a marathon
0: (laughs) I saw that yeah and you don't
1: I don't it was great I have a huge smile on my face still time well spent time well spent so if any of you have ever woken up and just decided to run a marathon, how was that for you? Was it fun?
0: Yeah, we would love to hear cuz that's an interesting last minute decision to make.
1: And if let's let's all plan to run a marathon together. There we go. I'll just show up. Just tell me tell me just tell me the day before and I'll just show up <laughs> and run it very very slowly.
0: I would prefer that at this point as well. I don't want the build up. Yeah.
1: You can always reach us uh, at stories at ManicRamblings.com and find us online on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at ManicRamblings. And? And?
0: Until next time.
1: Until next time.
0: We ran a fucking marathon.
1: We ran a fucking marathon. Many thanks to Tan Lines for the soundtrack, to Lisa Congdon for the cover art, and to Ryan Coomer for his expertise with the editing stuff. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50